Welcome to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. This episode is the second and final part of our series on summer library programming 2021. What kind of summer library programming events did our library consultants attend? And is summer library programming just for kids? Tune in to find out these answers and more in this episode of Stacks and Stories. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Stacks and Stories. Today's episode, we are going to be talking a bit about summer library programs. I am Katie Gill. I am not a consultant. I did not go out to any summer library programs, <laughs> but I am here to talk with Kristen Hillman, who is a consultant. Hey, and we accept you. This is like Google Gobble, one of us. And this is, <laughs> we accept you into the consultant realm. <laughs> So 2021 was a very weird summer library programming year. Tell me about it. It, Part- it was. <laughs> uh, partly because everyone's, some programs are in person, some programs are virtual, some programs mm-hmm. are outside. What sort of trends have you seen in the just the summer library sphere in general? Oh, the main trend I've been seeing, as, as you travel around, you see different libraries doing different things. And I guess you could say the main trend is that librarians have had to be super creative about how they've been doing programs this year. I've seen everything from take and make to virtual, but I've also been to one in-person program and that's outdoors. Like a lot of the libraries are starting to have outdoor programs because you know, it's a little bit safer outside. You're not so packed in together. Like you see, you gone are the days of 2019 where you'd have like 200 kids crammed in a room going to see Dorian or Inky. That's that's done. So if you see a big one, it, it's definitely going to be outside. So. so what library system and what outside program did you go to this okay. year? I went to such an exciting program. So it was July 21st. It was super hot, but that did not matter outside because Dorian, so... I'll give you a little backstory about Dorian. I actually saw him when I was like 10 at Richland Public Library. So, so is Dorian like a magician? He is or a magician. A... Oh, he nice. is just a performer extraordinaire because he's had to change his whole program. He's not able to go inside and do magic shows anymore in front of a large group of kids. So the performers have had to be super creative too. So I was at Elizabeth Jones Library in Grenada and they had Dorian's Bubble Pop program yes and and what that was was Dorian took if you ever saw like a foam party it's like a foam party for kids so he took this big bubble machine and he had a blower like a yard leaf blower and he would go and just have this humongous field of bubbles it was just like suds and they would roll around like tumbleweeds the kids could pick it up and throw it I mean we were adults and we were in there too so it was a lot of fun and he like he advertised it a little bit as good, clean fun. <laughs> so, you know, uh, I mean, I guess you get clean in the suds, which is good. So, so that's that's the program I went to, and I was actually able to see it. And, I mean, just to see people out there having fun again. Like, people are around each other, and they're having a good time. Like, that's what it's about. And you don't get a lot of that anymore. So. No, you don't. Yeah, especially with... Because with summer library programs for 2020, it was all virtual all the time. It was virtual. And obviously, there are still some places that are still doing virtual programs. Oh, yeah. 
I know that like Madison County has done some virtual programs over the summer with like making their youth services staff eat weird, eat weird things stuff and, and drink like weird stuff. I loved it. Oh my gosh, I followed those videos so much this summer, and it's mm-hmm. stuff like that being super, yeah, thinking outside of the box, like hey, we see these people on TikTok doing weird dances and eating weird food and trying new things. Why can't we do that in the library? And I think that's what people are starting to lean more towards. They're starting to realize, hey, people are okay with virtual programs to an extent, but it's still that person-to-person interaction I really miss. Yeah, so I know that you said that there was a bunch of kids like at Dorian's Bubble Pop. So were they all just like local kids? Did the library partner with any schools or anything like that? There were local kids. Um, Most of them were just local families who had come to the library a lot for story time. There was one daycare there, and I wish I could remember the name because those kids were so cool. They came in their matching shirts, and they had a great time. And I think the best thing about that program was watching the babies. Like if you had like a baby in your arms, the baby was just wondering like, what is going on here? This is just, and these babies were probably born before, you know, they don't remember COVID. I mean, they they were born in COVID, they're little COVID ennials, but they just, they were so amazed by what was going on. So I loved seeing that. <laughs> Blowing that tiny baby's mind. I know. It just blew their minds and they just wanted to play in the bubbles and stuff and just pick them up and eat them. And it's okay if you ate them, it probably didn't taste that great, but. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting with library programming in the summer, just because like when people think summer reading, they think of like filling out that list of books yes. like turning it in to like get your pizza hut it pizza or something like or that the pizza hut pizza yeah. for me i was always going after that bike i never won it <laughs> oh i was going after that pizza <laughs> <laughs> i had a lot of personal paying pizzas back in the day but it's really interesting how as librarianship just grows and evolves how the programming has grown and evolved yes. as well because you have more just general get people out of the house and get people to their local public library programming like the bubble pop yes and and that's what it's about even if you can't have people in the library still making sure that people know the library's there they you know we were closed for so long and i'll tell you some patrons are still upset by that they will come in and they're like my hours are different what's going on and it's been it's been tough to get people to acclimate to those changes but you know, I think when they see that and they go to an outdoor program and get to taste that little fun again, just get to have a little taste of summer library, I think that's good. I think that just makes makes the day a little brighter. <laughs> so what was the library system's name again? So it was Elizabeth Jones Library, and that's in Grenada. And they have one branch, and it's this Elizabeth Jones Library. And, I mean, if you go inside the library, it's really gorgeous because it's got this the wooden ceiling, and the ceilings are a little arched. It's got light fixtures. They have a galaxy painted on the side of the wall in the children's area. They just they got some great ideas going there. And a few of our other library systems had some great ideas, too. Ellisville, part of the Laurel Jones County, they had a Harry Potter costume party that was planned it unfortunately had to be postponed i think they're hoping for october we could have a yule ball but we shall see but they people came up with some great ideas even if 
they came to fruition or not. It was just great to hear about the ideas. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's definitely another theme of the Summer Library Program 2021 season, like just being flexible. Yes, you've got to be flexible, bend forwards, backwards, sideways. We've been through it all. So <laughs> I think it's also helpful. Librarians know that, hey, if plan A doesn't work out, there's plan B through Z, you know, Anything can happen. Just have a backup or something easy you can throw together if you need to. So were there any library programs that you wanted to attend, but like time didn't work out or someone scooped it out before you or something like that? So that Harry Potter costume party was definitely one I wanted to attend. I was already dressed up, but I got a trip to Ellisville out of it and that was okay. Got to talk to them for a little while. I really miss the Snake Man. And I know a few, Terry Vandeventer, I know if you've been to a summer library program, you know about Mr. Terry. He always has these snakes and he teaches stuff. You get to know that not all snakes, all snakes are good. They have a they have a place in our ecosystem. So I love him and he was present at a lot of our libraries. I know Elizabeth Jones had him and Noxubee had him. So he's one I miss, I'd love to go see him. For our one Belgian listener who probably has no idea what the heck we're talking about. Oh, all the snakes. Uh, yeah, no. T- Terry the Snake Man. Terry the Snake he, Man. It was live snakes. <laughs> yeah, it, it was live snakes. And yeah. he would bring the live snakes to the library and teach kids about snakes. Oh, yeah. And some of the snakes he brought were big. Like, I remember he did bring this six-foot snake in one time when I was children's librarian at Pearl. And I was glad I was in the back of the room because the kids could definitely stay up front. They wanted to pet and love the snake. And I love them, too. I just, I love them from a distance. Uh (laughs) All right. Well, thank you for chatting about summer library programs and just library programs in general with me today, Kristen. Welcome, Katie. It's been a pleasure. All right. Hey, this is Shelley Ziegler, and I'm a library consultant here at the Mississippi Library Commission. And I am here with my supervisor, Lacey Ellenwood, and we are going to be talking about summer reading programs today. We're going to be talking about some of the various summer reading programs that we attended and just about the summer library programs in general. Yeah. So it should be a fun It's been a crazy year this year. (laughs) It's been different. You know, last year, summer library programs was, um, they were, you know, very, very different. And this year we were able to actually have summer Mm -hmm. library programs. And I think a lot of our libraries learned some new skills from summer reading last year with the start of the pandemic. And they've really carried some of those things that they've learned into summer reading for this year and just in their library programming in general. So I think we've had stronger summer reading programs this year and, and really kind of diverse in the ways that we're offering summer reading across the state. Exactly. Last year was kind of their first go at Mm -hmm. doing virtual programming Mm -hmm. and some, uh, a lot of people, you know, is their first time. So it was very uncomfortable and new to everyone. And this year, it seems like, you know, a lot of people, they kind of got their flow going and they understood how it worked and things, you know, worked a lot better. I think we should applaud the the librarians across the state. Very, very steep learning curve. I'm doing my silent applause over here snaps we could do some we could do snaps (laughs) yeah I'm not that cool I'm not that cool either yeah but I've I've seen it on television yes so one of the programs I would like to talk about that 
did very well. It's actually a virtual program mm-hmm. because there was virtual and in-person programming this year. Yeah. It was at the Madison County Library System, and it was for teens. It was one where they had a panel of their young adult librarians where they would taste various weird things, <laughs> and they would do it blindfolded. Ah. Yeah, you know, I think... <laughs> People like to watch people taste weird things blindfolded and then guess what it is. Mm -hmm. So they did actually like a a series of that, but the one that did really well and the one that I thought was the most enjoyable, at least for me, was the one where they they tasted various different sodas, weird tasting sodas. And one of our other consultants actually went and, and helped navigate that program and open the sodas for them while they were blindfolded. Some of the sodas was like bacon flavored. Okay. Ranch dressing flavored. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Not sure uh, about that one. <laughs> like corn. I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, I just thought that was really cool. How I think that was very much thinking outside the box mm-hmm. because with teens especially, you have to do that. And I think also with virtual programming, you know, after after we've been doing it for a year now, it can get stale. Yeah. You know, like how can we capture these kids' attention? And I think that Madison County did a really good job of that. Yeah, so, they always yeah. have very innovative and thoughtful programming, especially when it comes to their teen population. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mm-hmm. So that's one that I wanted to talk about today. Oh, nice. Yeah. So I was able to attend a summer reading program relatively recently in Tallahatchie County at their Charleston branch. Uh, Tallahatchie County is a very rural, small library system in our state up in the Delta. And they had a, a kind of a traditional story time, but I think it really speaks to kids being happy about having in-person programming and while you know we have a lot of great virtual programming and passive grab-and-go kind of programming across the state nothing really beats an inflatable water slide oh no yeah (laughs) that's fun for everybody yes so uh angela etheridge the library director uh, for tallahatchie county she arranged to have a inflatable water slide put out in front of the library and they had oh gosh i want to say at least 25 kids from from the community and then some came from like a local daycare and they came into the library very well behaved I was actually very like impressed with the behavior of these kids I told their care their caregivers after the program that I had never seen children behave so well I wonder if they were yelled at prior to or told <laughs> I sternly to pro- they to were s- probably told sternly about <laughs> behaving in the library but they heard a few stories from a guest uh, reader one of them was a book from LeBron James that I think a lot of the kids really enjoyed reading. It was a book that inspired children to really strive for greatness in all aspects of their lives you know, be kind to their their teachers, be good to themselves and to others. It was really just a positive book. And in that book, there was a pledge. And so all of the kids and the adults, including me, we all repeated the pledge. Oh, um, nice. And then each of the kids received a copy of that pledge at the end of the program. Oh, I like that. Yeah. And that- like many libraries across the state, 
Tallahatchie County provided each child that came to that reading program with a takeaway bag that had a physical book in it, um, activities, as well as some donated Girl Scout cookies. I did not partake in the Girl Scout cookies, even though I am a big Samoa fan, but I really appreciate all all of our public libraries across the state, their efforts to to engage in some kind of feeding program or snack program when it comes to a lot of their programs, but especially during the summer. At this program in Tallahatchie County, they also had hot dogs and water and you know chips and things like that for the kids to enjoy either before they went down the water slide or mm-hmm. after they were done uh, with the water slide. And so libraries across the state have really kind of stepped up to try mm-hmm. and help children stay fed throughout the summer, which is critical critical service that public yeah. libraries are offering that I don't think they get enough credit for trying to support those children that are living in poverty or experiencing food insecurity across the state when there isn't school to go to to feed them so I want to give props to all of our libraries Definitely. that are engaging in feeding programs and snack programs around the state. Well, that kind of goes into my next library that I want to talk about, which is the Waynesboro, Wayne County Library Mm -hmm. System. And they also did a feeding program as well. Mm-hmm. They had they had a one month summer library program, which is every library system does it differently. Yeah. Sometimes they do one month, sometimes they do two months. It just varies. But they had one month and each week they had a program and it was they did this year a traditional story time but also with that, they partnered with the Wayne County School District. Yeah. And they fed every child that came a hot meal. Yeah. So I have to applaud them for that. Mm-hmm. That was wonderful. Because it's and a lot of work. It is a lot of work. To, to do a feeding program yeah. in conjunction with a traditional summer reading program. And let me tell you, when I was there, it looked like a very tasty meal. <laughs> it was, I, I did not get one, but it was a, But also with their program, each child that came got a book as yeah. well. For each week they came, they got a free book. And Patsy Brewer, the director, I spoke with her a little bit more about how she obtained these books. And she got them from a place called First Book Marketplace. Yes. Yeah, and how it works is that she would buy a pallet of books. Each pallet costs between 300 to $350. Okay. You get about 1,200 to 1,500 books per pallet. Um, I'm not going to do the math right I now, know, but that so, is... That's pennies, let's say, to the book. (laughs) It was a very, very good deal, let's just say that. And the thing is, though, sometimes you get duplicates. Yeah. But the books come in ranges for all ages, Mm -hmm. from easy readers to high school readers. So you kind of don't know what you're going to get. That's the only thing. But when you go to order, I did go check out their website. You do have some options. You have like a mystery mix palette. There's Mm -hmm. like a Disney mix palette. There's a couple of popular J fiction authors. So it's kind of a, it's, it's a cool, cool idea. Yeah. And I'm really glad that Patsy did that. But she had a really good turnout when I was there. She had at least ooh, 70 kids, I'm oh, wow. going to say. Yeah. Yeah. And may, maybe even a little bit more. And then so she would have the traditional story time at the beginning. 
they were antsy, but you know, they're kids. And and then there would be a, a craft activity and then they would go and pick out their book and then they would have their their lunch and it was a very well-received program she had a great summer reading Mm -hmm. program and i love all of the libraries that are giving out books as part of their summer reading program it seems like such a simple thing but i remember being a kid and doing summer reading programs and earning a free book and it really was something to strive for and to be proud to have and there it's are a lot big deal for a kid to own their own but yeah I mean it really because a kid you know you don't really have money of I me mean, you might get an allowance mm-hmm. but when I was growing up I don't know if you remember if you had this but we had something called riff that would come through our school system I'm not familiar reading is fundamental okay and so they would come through our school systems and then it was like a couple times a year but then in our cafeteria they would lay out all these books okay and you get to come in and pick out a book yeah oh my god that was the best day of the year mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. and then they would like write your name in the book Aww. like of course I'm a librarian so but <laughs> I should have known then that that being the best day of the year yeah but for me owning a book mm-hmm. and I just it just did something for me it yeah. just and you got to pick it out, right? Yeah, I got to pick out my book. Yeah. Yeah. And that, I think, also speaks to something I've made a few... I, I always make notes when we do this podcast, and I started going into a note uh, tirade about <laughs> being flexible with summer reading. I understand that there is an educational component to that and that schools really are pushing curated lists that they have for their summer reading requirements, but... Part of our role as public libraries and public librarians is to really foster a love for reading. And I know for me, being forced to read a book was not fostering a love of reading. not at all. No. So, I mean, yes, you know, parents are going to want you to get these specific books that are on list. But if you could create displays for your summer reading programs and that incorporate those required reading books with some other books that are more I hate to say the word more fun because some of those curated well, books are, that are on school lists are, are wonderful to read are, they are but some of them may not appeal to a right. certain a certain kid and so it's nice to have like adults we want options yeah we don't want to go to the store and have five t-shirts to choose from mm-hmm So why would a kid want just to have five books to choose from? Yeah, and if you could get a kid to walk out with a a required reading book in addition to something that they pick out that's Mm -hmm. fun, maybe it's above their reading level, maybe it's below their reading level, just reading Mm -hmm. during the summer and all year is is really critical to keeping literacy skills, improving literacy skills, whether you're pre-K or a hundred years old. Yes, one hundred percent. Maintaining your literacy skills at any age is, is crucial. Yes, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I also want to talk about an adult program that okay. I attended because adult programming in the summer does not get enough attention. It, it is kind of a, it falls to the wayside a little bit because we do push the importance yeah. of early literacy so much and, and it is crucial. And it is crucial but I also, you know, adults want programming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Adult programming is very close to my heart. Um, Mine too. I I talk about (laughs) it a lot, adult and senior programming. So I was able to attend an adult programming at the Columbus Lounge Library System, and it was amazing. Mm -hmm. It was called Writing to Heal, and it was such, the concept was so basic, yet it was it was, it was basic, but there was so there was so much to it. Sometimes the yes. simplest ideas can really just translate. Yeah. So here was the basic concept of of the program. Mm-hmm. So a group of people got together. It was open to anybody, and we had someone who coordinated the program, and they gave kind of a lead idea of what to write about. So you didn't have to write about that. You could write about whatever you wanted to write Mm -hmm. about. So they might give you an idea of, oh, and there was also like tea and coffee. Yeah. And music in the background. (laughs) You know, it was all very. Creating a mood. Yes, it was very atmospheric. Just love that. So they might give you a, a prompt, I believe is what they called it, of maybe write about something that you would like to tell someone from your childhood that you couldn't say then, but you can say now. Yeah. Okay. And I know. I know. It's like getting you chills, right? Like immediately I start yeah. thinking about things that I wish I could have said to yeah, people. Yeah. There's like so like it's, it's so many things. Mm-hmm. And they even gave you a notebook that you can take home with you. And then you could start, (laughs) yes. And then you could, you know, write on your own from then on. And then we we wrote for as long as we wanted, you know. Yeah. And when everyone was done, when when you were done writing, you put your pen down. Mm -hmm. And so that's how we knew when people were done writing. So I think we wrote for maybe about 20, 25 minutes. Yeah. It was very comfortable. I felt very comfortable. And then everyone did share what they wrote, but you didn't have to. Right. There was no pressure. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to, you did not have to. Right. And there was also no one made any comments. No one critiqued what you said. Mm-hmm. They could say something like, yeah, I, I've, I have felt that too or something like that. But right. there was no negative commentary on what you wrote. It was just a, a nice, supportive group. Yeah. And I wish there was something local for me like that to mm-hmm. go to on a regular basis because I would. Yeah. It was just wonderful. I just loved it so much. I love that idea for a program. And also, Aaron Busby, the, yeah. is the director. Sorry, I did not say No, no, name. no, it's okay. Um, Aaron Busby, who's the director at Columbus Lounge, I really love that she made the effort to have adult programming yeah, for the summer. Did. Because, you know, like we said, libraries aren't, they're not just for kids. And, nope. and getting kids started with reading is crucial to creating lifelong readers. But unfortunately, as a state, we have very high functional illiteracy amongst adults in our state. And I think if we could find more ways to provide programming for adults that could foster more literacy with our adult community, I think that public libraries could really make even more of an impact. I think a lot, this is just my perception, I think a lot of libraries don't do a lot of adult or senior programming because 
they say, oh, well, it never does well. People don't attend. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you, when I went to this Writing to Heal program, there were four of us. Mm-hmm. And that's not a lot of people, but it was a great program. And it was impactful for it was the impactful. people that were there. Yeah, it was impactful to me, mm-hmm. very much so. And there were only four people. Yeah. And it was a successful program. Yeah. So you don't have to have... And, uh, an adult program is not like a children's program. We mm-hmm. don't need 70 adults to come to a program to make it a good program. No. You can have four people. Yeah. And it'd be a great program. Mm-hmm. So, And more family programming, getting mm-hmm. families to come into the library yeah. for summer reading program, or just programming in general, having families come in and engaging and really showing, modeling the behavior for mm-hmm. children and modeling the behavior for adults. If your child is reading, you might yes. be more inclined to True. take that home with you or maybe do some reading on your own. And making the library seem like it's not a scary place for adults who maybe aren't secure in their reading skills. Exactly. I think that Good is point. something else that adults that maybe struggle with their literacy skills feel like that they well I don't want somebody to think that I'm dumb yeah or or something like that but and the library would be a scary place for it someone would be in that position. it would be yeah. especially if you were if you are an older adult and you have this perception of the library from 20 years ago yeah. where very fine heavy mm-hmm. and, and much public libraries have really evolved especially in Mississippi to be community centers mm-hmm. into really support the social service aspect that maybe is falling down in their community. And if you haven't been in a library mm-hmm. in the last 20 years, you wouldn't necessarily you wouldn't recognize know it. that. Yeah. No. You wouldn't recognize the librarian behind no. the desk. You wouldn't recognize the setup or the kind of programming. You would think, who is that young girl with tattoos? That can't <laughs> be the librarian. Yeah. <laughs> or the library director. Or the library or, director yeah. for that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. True. Good yeah. Point. Uh, libraries are evolving, and, and I hope that we see more adults coming back to libraries through having summer reading program and even grab and goes like grab and go Mm -hmm. kits are were so popular and are so popular with kids that is a trend that has continued from the start of covid but i'd like to challenge some of our libraries to take the model of summer reading and pull it into fall winter Mm -hmm. reading maybe doing something special just for spring break or winter break when there may be more time for families and kids to to come to the library and engage in that kind of programming. I think winter reading is a great idea because and I believe South Mississippi Regional Library System did have a winter reading program that was very similar to their summer reading. You know Kids are out of school mm-hmm. for so many days, you know, for the holidays. I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, yeah. Support, you know, the educational efforts of public schools, private schools, homeschool educators throughout the year. That's really what public libraries are all about, are being another tool to help support the education system in, in across the country. Yeah, definitely. Well, we hope that you all have enjoyed some of the things that we've shared with you today, and we hope we have encouraged you to go out and visit your local public library. Yes, please yes. Come, and, come and see us in our public libraries, and we will be happy to see you there yeah. as well, whether it's virtually or in person. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Stacks and Stories, the podcast of the Mississippi Library Commission. We hope you will tune in next time and we encourage you to visit your local public library often.